I think one thing that it's important to think about with newer and smaller subscription boxes, a lot of the things you're doing now might seem like it's not that big a deal, but when you get to have 500 or 1,000 or more subscribers, it suddenly gets to be just this extra little pain that you don't need. Welcome to Subscriptions Scale, sponsored by Rebar Technology. Join us each week to hear from industry leaders in the subscription space, share their best tips and stories, and learn how you can up-level your subscription business today. Hello, listeners, and welcome to another episode of Subscription Scaled. I'm your host, Christy Beasley, and today we have Shireen Jetvig layman on with Introverts Retreat. So, hey, Shireen, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you doing? I am doing all right today. Great. Thanks for having me on. Okay. Shireen, do you want to tell us a little bit about your company and what you guys do? So Introverse Retreat is a monthly subscription box, and it's based on sending a book each month. Everyone gets to choose their own book if they'd like, or we'll send them one of our choosing. Along with that, we send a candle, bath salt soak, and handmade soap that all have an introverted theme since it's Introverse Retreat. So something like Love Me Enough to Leave Me Alone or canceled plans are the best plan, something like that. So each month is a different theme and we also send a little snack along with the box and it's been going pretty well. We've been around for about five years now. Okay. So how do you pick your theme? I mean, I love some of the thoughts behind that, but how did you go about picking those and coming up with a theme every month? Well, I come up with that on my own, just uh, kind of silly introvert stuff that I think of. I mean, there's so many introvert memes and introvert jokes, Instagram and Facebook, it's actually not too hard to find some things. And these are, I try to think of experiences that the more hardcore introverts like me, we have in common with each other. So, you know, we'll see something like love me enough to leave me alone and we'll laugh at it. I know an extrovert may not get it, but that's okay. If they want to buy a gift for an introvert, the introvert will love them for it. <laughs> I think that it's you should probably understand the concept and giggle a little bit, regardless of whether you put yourself on one side or the other, I guess. Yeah. So was that how you kind of came up with the idea for your subscription is just off of your personal experiences? Yes, it really was. So I can go back into this story a little bit. In the before times, before I had the subscription box, I was a content writer, worked for a couple of large websites wrote a couple of the dummies books and that was kind of my thing, but it was time to move on into a different direction. And I'd actually asked my daughter who was a college student at the time, what, what can I do? I don't want to go work for someone else. I want to do something on my own. She said, well, make a subscription box. And I said, what's a subscription box? I had never done anything. So this was like six years ago. I'd never had one and I'd get a few things by subscription off of Amazon or something, but never ever heard of subscription boxes. So she described a couple to me that she was getting, and that seemed like a neat idea. And many of my writer friends and I were all introverts, and we'd all talk online and talk about silly introverted things. So I thought, well, maybe a fun thing to do would be to design a subscription box specifically for introverts. So that's what I did. However, when I first did this, Introverts Retreat wasn't the first name for the box. The first name I came up with was a girl's night in, girl apostrophe S, night in. Unfortunately, too many people thought I meant a girl's night in, girl's S apostrophe, meaning they thought it was a some kind of a party box where you'd have this box and there'd be things in it and you'd have all your friends over and have a party, which was literally the opposite of what I was trying to get across with that. So 
I redesigned the whole thing, came up with a new name, had my graphic designer create a logo and totally went with a new name. So that's how Introverts Retreat kind of got its weird beginning about five years ago. That's very interesting. I get to use the phrase literally ironic correctly though, so. But I think it is pretty interesting that you don't really think about the name and what it means to you made perfect sense, but then what it was saying to other people. So definitely a lesson learned on naming your box and making sure that it's very clear and concise to your people you're trying to target. Yes. And that kind of also set the stage for me to, um, anytime something wasn't working quite right and still even now, if something isn't quite what I want, I'm more than willing to go in tear things apart and kind of start over again. I think that's important when you're kind of starting out and when you're smaller, be willing to make those changes that need to be made. Don't stick too long to something that's just not working for you. And that was the first thing that didn't work for me. So, <laughs> so what are some keys? So I feel like that's probably something that's really hard for people that are starting a subscription box or trying to look for something different. Like how do you kind of measure something's not working? Like what were key indicators for you that I probably should change my approach? Do you happen to remember any of those? Sure. So this, you know, way back when I only had about 40, 50, 60 subscribers, I could get a lot of information from any reviews they would leave or, you know, the reasons they would cancel. And some people don't give you any anything at all. And some people will say something like, ah, this box sucks. So that doesn't give you any help. But if you could see a few patterns in what people would say, then that would make me think that it was time to make some changes. So for Example, one thing, a bigger change that I did a couple of years ago now is in the beginning, I basically did what a lot of the lifestyle type of subscription boxes do, where each month you have an array of different products, different items. Uh, maybe one month would be like the candles and the bath and body care things. And another one would be snacks and maybe something to use with your iPhone or something like that. Just it varied greatly because there's nothing super exclusive about what introverts use and do with things. So I would I'd have kind of a fun variety. I thought it was fun each month, but the complaints I would get when people would cancel was like, well, this isn't what I thought it was going to be. And so I realized that if someone sees the pictures of the box with the pretty candles and these things in it, and then they get the box with a um, kit to make some kind of a little craft thing, that they're going to be disappointed. And so I decided that what I would do is each month I would generally have the same items. So there's always going to be the bath soap, handmade, the candle and the um, bath salts. So that's every month. They're always going to have those. It's going to be a different theme and a different fragrance. So there's still some surprise to it. And of course the book will be different each time, but that way everyone has a pretty good idea of what they're getting. And I, I don't get that kind of a complaint at all anymore. So I think it's very interesting that you have a subscription box, but you also let people customize their box on the fly. So they get to pick the book that they may want. So how did you go about orchestrating that functionality into your box? Okay, that's been a quite a work in progress. So it that was another thing I would see with people would comment would be things about they didn't really like the books they were getting. And this was a while back. So I decided, well, I bet they would like it better if they could choose their own book. So I set it up, but not in the most user-friendly fashion, basically, I would use my shipping notification emails to let 
the subscriber know that it was time to choose a book and I would give them a link to my website and a coupon code so they could basically go purchase a book and not be charged for it and then I would have to match that up so you know during the holiday season I would get to be a little crazy to have all these stacks of receipts for the book someone picked out and I have to match that with the packing slip for their box and that was kind of exhausting but people did get to choose their own books if they wanted to and that was at least it was a, a decent workaround. Now I have it something a little different where they can, they'll, they'll get the notification before the box ships and they go to a page, they pick one out, they hit select, and then I just add that into the uh, order packing slip right in um, ship station. So that works pretty well now. People definitely like having their own books. And uh, another thing I added to that is I have something I call a best book promise. So if someone gets a book, whether it's one we choose for them, or if they do pick the wrong, if they don't like it, I'll send them another one for free. Okay. So how do you keep up with, well, now, how do you, you said in the beginning, you launched it and then you use ShipStation to kind of make that process a little bit better. But why did you go with your first solution in the beginning? Was that just all you had or you didn't know any better or? Yeah, that's pretty much all I had. So like um, I, at the time I was using CrateJoy and I do get a lot through their marketplace, but I was using CrateJoy for the subscription part and there wasn't a way to add something, to add a book easily each month into their um, subscription management on their own portal at all. You know, really, really too complicated. It was just easier for me to use. And for that, I actually use Pirate Ship. I would just use a, the uh, shipping notification would have a link in it. You know, they give them basically one day or day and a half to uh, to choose that book. So it was not the best solution, but it worked. It was basically all I could come up with at the time. Do you feel like since you've got this other solution, are you able to give customers more time, more than just a day and a half to make their selection? And has that kept like your retention numbers? Have you seen those go down since you've implemented this new solution? Yeah, I still have them. I still give them about two days to do it. It just seems like that works better. Otherwise, people run in and choose it earlier than sometimes they'll come back and then decide they want something else and it gets a little confusing. So I still just give them a couple of days before we, we ship. So how do you manage that with your inventory? How do you know that you're going to be able to offer 500 of this book or 700 of another book? Oh, well, since I offer, I have probably 20 different titles that I offer each month. So I basically just have a good idea, depending on the time of year, how many I need. And when I run low, I order more. I can get them most of my books through Ingram. And I, I swear, I place a book order and they're on my doorstep almost six hours later. And literally a day or two later is all they are. So I just watch the counts and order more when I need them or bring in more books. Because the books can roll over. Like if I have, the books don't have to be exclusively only this month and then an entirely new set the following month. Because if you only pick one book, there still might be several from what I had there that you'd be fine with the next month. So I haven't really had too much trouble. I just keep them stocked. Are there any other challenges that you feel like you wish you would have known years ago what you know now when you started? Well, the biggest challenge I've had really is the fact that my box is a gift box that most people like, especially during the holiday season, so many people will buy it as a gift for other people. And the biggest challenge I have with that is all the software 
all the programs, all the websites that you join for, or the apps you use for doing your subscriptions don't have a way of notifying the actual recipient of the box of anything other than maybe a gift message, but they don't let them know that the gift is going to be shipped at any time and all the notifications only go to the person who bought the subscription box. So that means that when I would want to tell them it's time to choose a book, that notification would go to the person who bought the subscription box and then they'd have to tell that the gift recipient that it's time to choose a book or they would just usually just say forget it and let me choose one. And that was the hardest thing to uh, fix and finally I found uh, charge B and they have a great gifting solution. So I don't have to deal with that anymore. And someone buys a gift, they send an email to the recipient. The recipient has their own account basically, and then they get all the notifications and it works seamlessly. And that makes me very happy. Yeah. That's actually sounds like it's probably a lot better of a solution than what you were having to deal with before. So are there anything, any other surprises that you have had recently since you've been in business for a while and kind of snuck up on you all of a sudden, like new legislation or anything like that that may have? No, not really. I mean, it's been kind of a roller coaster with the pandemic. When that first came along, I remember seeing warnings that unemployment rate would be like up to 20% and whatnot. And I was thinking, oh boy, I better drop what I'm thinking I'm going to do by about 20%. And I was quite a bit smaller back then, but that absolutely had the opposite effect and it absolutely blew up. And I think I quadrupled my business almost overnight. So that was quite a scramble to keep up with that. And, you know, now it still kind of keeps going with some of the economic forecasts and whatnot. I'm not really sure, but so far things seem to be hanging in there okay. Yeah, I mean, I guess I would say that even if you're not an introvert, like if you just enjoy reading a good book and relaxing and having a candle and a snack, then that's a target audience. It doesn't necessarily have to be someone who's introvert. Yeah, sure. It can be someone who wants to be an introvert for the night, right? Exactly. Oh, I like that, be an introvert for the night, yes. <laughs> Yeah, because I would think that would have been, I wish I would have known about this service during COVID because there were times when, you know, you're looking for something different to do and you can't leave your house. So, yeah, and it's good for that. And as introverts, we tend to be experts at staying in our house. So it's a good plan. Your attention metrics, I guess, have been pretty, you haven't had a lot of churn or anything since the pandemic is kind of released. You're still seeing those numbers pretty steady. Right. So it's a little weird for me to measure now because some of my subscribers are still kind of through Crate Joey and a bunch are now on Chargebeat. But no, it's not, the churn is not as bad as I thought it was going to be. So I think that's a good sign. I don't know if people find my product to be absolutely fantastic, never ever want to give it up. Or I often wonder too, though, with, um, with economics and stuff. You'll have some people who they just really don't want to spend the money on a subscription box anymore. But then there are going to be people who are not going to spend money on the vacation they were going to do. But, oh, well, we can do the subscription box. That's not so bad. So I think the audience probably just changes a little bit, even during different economic times. Do you allow your customers to pause their subscription? Sure. Okay. So you do have some features like that that kind of keep people, give them different options from just canceling. Yeah, they can pause. They can skip as many months as they want to. Yeah, I would think that would be helpful for people that if they're in economic challenges or maybe come in their way that they don't want to cancel, but they maybe just need to skip a few months. So you seem like you've done a lot to make sure right. that you're thinking about your customers from their perspective and 
giving them flexibility to be able to choose the package that they want and not lose them as a customer. Yeah, I think it's very important to keep your customer in mind, whoever your customer is. And that's probably one of the first things to do, right, is to figure out who your target audience is. When you set up a, any kind of a business, but especially subscription box, you want to know who exactly is going to be your audience, who's going to be your customer, who's going to be your subscriber, and what can you do to give them the absolute best experience they've ever had with a subscription box. Yeah, you mentioned earlier that you used surveys and things like that or questionnaires. Have you used any other means to solicit feedback from users that you found valuable? Um, no, not really. I've, at this point, I just mostly get the reviews from when they cancel or if send them an email to just ask for a review. And that's probably about time to set up another survey and send out to people again and see if they have any new ideas. But I've uh, been busy with switching software and various things and working on a redesign for the website and all these things right now that's just kind of on the back burner <laughs> yeah i just actually got back from a subscription conference and was talking to a lot of people and it seems you get to a certain point and you kind of have to rethink and revamp the systems that you started with to where you're trying to get to some work great when your volumes are smaller and then as you grow like you just need more flexibility or more functionality so it sounds like you're in the middle of trying to evaluate all of that right now Right, absolutely. Because where I'm at right now, so I do everything myself. And when you have during the holiday season, it's pretty busy. If I have about 15, 1600 boxes to pack in a month by myself, that's pretty exhausting. Plus, we create the bath salts and whatnot. So I guess for me, the big challenge with that kind of a thing is making things work as smoothly as possible. So I think one thing that it's important to think about with newer and smaller subscription boxes, a lot of the things you're doing now might seem like it's not that big a deal, but when you get to have 500 or 1,000 or more subscribers, it suddenly gets to be just this extra little pain that you don't need. Anything from using extra tissue paper in the box or extra wrapping or extra little things, any kind of extra steps that seem neat, it's important to look at what they're going to be like when you scale a bit, and they may not be something you can even do anymore. So make things... I guess I, what I've always said to uh, other subscription box people is everything, everything I do either needs to make things easier or make me more money. If I don't <laughs> want to make things complicated just because I have extra time on my hands. Yeah. And I guess, did you find yourself feeling scared or how did you make the decision to actually change something? Because when you're smaller, things are working, right? And then you hit a certain point and I'm sure going to that next level is very scary, very challenging, because you may lose customers, but you may lose customers to gain more customers. So you may have a bunch of right. different things to think about. Right. So for me, when I get the idea, you know, when it hits, it hits hard and I pretty much need to act on it soon before the panic actually sits in. And I look at it like this. If I change something and I mean, I have so far everything, the changes I've made have been, had good results, but I feel like if I do make a big change, I can go back to what I did before and yeah, I will have lost someone, but I know that what I have been doing works pretty well. I just want to make it work better. And so I just, the mood hits when the data is there, when everything tells me it's time to make a big change, I make it and I move on. And then you also mentioned that you're, so you're actually creating your own products. So you make the bath salts that you yeah, this, the bath salts I make, we, I make myself. There's, that's not really a too complicated thing if you have a real good system for it. The candles I have poured by a, a wholesaler, and I 
they're not too far from me so you know I can go pick them up basically which is good because it's a lot of candles and then also I do have the soap made elsewhere then I have it shipped to me and then I will cut it and package it and put a cute little introvert label on it so it's still pretty hands-on here and even when it gets bigger I mean I'm to the point where anything else that works really well I'm gonna have to move into fulfillment but there's a fulfillment company nearby so I will be hopefully working with them by this fall Oh, wow. So that's actually coming up pretty soon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So but as of right now, you're still actually making some of your products and you're hand packing all of the boxes that you do every month, correct? Yeah, all of them. It's full time plus, but that's fine. It's okay for now. And I don't mind doing it. I actually really enjoy it. The problem is when it gets into the busier season, I have a hard time keeping up and I don't like falling behind, especially for the new subscribers who are getting their very first box. You know, people want to get it before Christmas or Hanukkah or whatever. They want to have it right away. So that's why I'm really thinking that if the growth continues as it has, or even if it stays about where I am, I'm pretty much going to have to work with a fulfillment. So that way I'll still have to uh, do a lot of the product myself, but just getting someone else to fill the boxes would be definitely worth the price. Either that or if during holiday times, you're going to have to hire a personal shopper, maybe, <laughs> so that you can get your personal yeah. shopping stuff done while you still do your boxes. Basically, yeah. <laughs> hire someone else to live my life while I'm busy uh, packing boxes, yeah. <laughs> well, if you're an introvert, it might not be so bad if you can outsource your shopping and not have to deal with that part. I mean, I can tap on Amazon all day long. That's easy. Target delivers, so I'm good. <laughs> I personally hate shopping, so anything that I can outsource there, yeah. I'm all about it. So Absolutely. So anything else that you feel like you want to share with the listeners that we haven't covered? I don't know. I think you pretty much covered all the stuff I can think about. Have you gotten to the point where you've started measuring and looking at your key performance indicators? So how much churn you're having? Like, how do you keep up with that information? Is it part of your platform? Well, yeah, I mean, I've mostly been on Create Joy, so all that stuff has been there. So now, so like I said, I just switched to Charge B, so now I'm kind of looking at, it's hard to tell what the indicators right now, because obviously the previous, you're going to lose people from before, and now I have all the new ones, but they're not in the same bucket, basically. So for the next probably three months or so, it'll be a little hard to uh, get real direct ideas on that, but yeah, I do... Are you migrating those customers over from your Create Joy over? You know, no, I'm not because I'm actually not migrating them over this time because another thing, here's a big change I made. I do like make a lot of changes. Over time, I had decided to offer like four different types of boxes. I mean, they all had basically the same things, but slightly different. Like there was a small one that would have a book and a snack, another one that would have a book, a candle and a snack, one that would have book, candle, best salt and soap. And then another one that would have everything. And it was kind of neat and people sort of like the choice. But I found by looking at each one of those, I figured out which one like people liked the best and which one had the least drop off and the least complaints about. And when I moved over to Chargebee, I also decided I'm going just with one product. And so everyone who I had before has a different product and it's I'm not going to migrate them over. I'm just going to for now, anyway, run them on the two different platforms. And since it is gift heavy, a lot of those will drop off out of the next three, four months. Are you putting any measures in place to give the people that I would call legacy customers an option to switch over? Or are you expecting those accounts to just age out? I will. First, I'm going to let them age out because I've moved between 
platforms a few times and what I found it worked best for me. Part of it is because one of the, you know, the platform I've been using just makes, it takes a while for them to get you the information to be able to import anyway. So that just makes it difficult. So what I found when it's just sort of a manual thing, it works best to let the ones that were just basically one-time gifts, whether it's three, six or 12 months, just let them age out. And the people who are ongoing renewals, I'll get some notifications to them in groups and basically make an offer for them to come over for the, the new product and give them a discount or something to get them to come over. Cause it would, it is nice to everybody under the same platform, but it'll take a few months. Problems with growing pains. Okay. Well, Sharon, I think we're almost out of time. Any last bit of information that you would like to share with anyone, or if somebody wants to get in contact with you, we're going to put it all on the website, but is there any other information that you'd like to share how to get in contact with you? Sure. So my website is introvertsretreatbox.com and on social media, Facebook, Pinterest, and Instagram, it's introvertsretreatbox. So pretty easy to find. Thank you very much for coming on the show and sharing the lessons that you've learned with some of the other people that are tuning in. Thanks for having me. No problem. Have a good day. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Subscription Scale, sponsored by Rebar Technology. If something we said today resonated with you, please subscribe, rate, and download our podcast and share this episode with your network.